Welcome to the Homeschool Show from North Carolinians for Home Education. Our goal is to help you homeschool with confidence and joy. I'm your host, Matthew McDill, and we have as our co-host again this week, T.S. and Smack. Hello. And Neo. Hi. We have to be quiet. Yes. He's gone. He's taking a nap. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not going to whisper. He'll be fine. All right. Tell us what we got going today. Okay, so for homeschool news, we're going to continue our journey through the history of homeschooling in North Carolina. It's so good. So mm-hmm. we left off with the battle, the, the yeah. legal battle. So we'll pick up there. That's right. Um, and today for homeschool conversations, we'll have here a conversation that you had with Dr. Brian Ray of the National Home Education Research Institute about a study on abuse. Um, the homeschool tip of the week, we're going to talk about what you're going to talk about treating your children with gentleness. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the homeschool help segment with Amanda, she's going to tell us how to get our homeschool students um, a driver license here in North Carolina. Are you close to that? Uh, yeah, next year. Ooh. I know. So I'm like, I actually need that tip. Just crazy. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Crazy. <clears throat> okay. So we're going to pick up at, with homeschool news, our, our historical news, right? We're going back to pick up where we left off. After the Del Conte case, which made homeschooling legal in North Carolina, NCHE focused on lobbying and teaching homeschoolers how to lobby. As we said last time, they were getting ready for a battle that they thought was coming. And, And by the way, the topic here is the bill proposed in 1987 to severely restrict home education. And we're going to see how NCHE, how homeschool families responded. They knew that the time would come when they had to fight in the General Assembly to keep their right to homeschool. They encouraged homeschoolers to contact their legislators with these three messages. Number one, North Carolina homeschoolers are committed, conscientious, law-abiding, intelligent, and friendly people. I think Sounds that, like a wonderful yeah, explanation. I know. I think that describes them perfectly. What I mean, <laughs> we should keep that message going. Number two, homeschools are an effective means of education. Absolutely. Still true. Yes. Number three, our desire is for our existing protection under the 1979 church school law to be left untouched. Hmm. So um, that was what they were operating under at the time. In April 1987, the Department of Public Instruction, DPI, proposed legislation entitled, quote, an act to permit home instruction under certain conditions Hmm. as a means of complying with compulsory school attendance attendance requirements. Under this proposed legislation, homeschools would be under the authority of DPI and local board of education. Homeschool teachers would be required to have a college education and to teach a state-approved curriculum. This proposal also required a six-hour school day and gave the local school authorities the ability to deny permission for a family to homeschool based on a twice-a-year subjective review of their homeschool. Interesting. A lot of power. I know. As soon as NCHE heard of this potential bill, we responded immediately, asking homeschoolers to write, phone, and visit their legislator right away. On April 17, 1987, Representative Tyndall introduced HB 837 for its first reading. And of course, HB is House Bill. Okay. This bill was identical to the DPI proposal. Immediately, NCHE members began to flood Raleigh with letters and calls. On April 30th, Senator Marvin introduced Senate Bill SB 779, which was virtually identical to HB 837. So they can introduce the same bill in the House and the Senate at the same time. 
Interesting. And okay. sometimes it makes its way through one faster or the other, and then it has to go to the other. Gotcha. Okay. <clears throat> so that's why two are going at the same time, because they, they can. Then on May 1st, um, while SB7, oh, that's right. While on May, then on May 1st, Senator Hardison introduced a substitute bill, SB708, which was a proposal put forward by DNPE Director Rod Helder. While SB 708 was less restrictive than HB 837 and SB 779, NCHE lobbied against it as well as the other two bills. On May 14th, both Senate bills came before the Senate Education Committee, and they were both sent to a subcommittee for additional study. By May 18, SB 779 had received an unfavorable report, and there had been no action taken on SB 708. From May 19 through August 11, HB 837 went through several subcommittee and committee meetings, was revised five times, and finally passed its third reading in the House. During this time, it became apparent that DPI, the Department of Public Instruction, was orchestrating the entire process. Hmm. The House passed HB 837, and because there was money requested for the 1987-88 fiscal year, it went to the Senate Appropriations Committee for approval. When the 87 legislative session came to an end, HB 837 was still waiting for appropriation committee approval. With the State Board of Education backing these bills and HB 837 having already been passed by the House, it seemed inevitable that both bills would pass in the 1988 short legislative session. But the story was not over. There we go. (laughs) NCAG continued our efforts to defeat this bill during the off season, and it made a difference. Wow. Several NCHE leaders volunteered countless hours lobbying the legislators, attending meetings, keeping NCHE members informed, and fighting this bill. Their sacrificial giving of their time and efforts in rallying homeschoolers from across the state saved us from having to live with an onerous homeschool law. And here's Debbie's personal note. I remember this time of intense lobbying. It was a ton of work. So obviously she's one of them who volunteered and sacrificed her time to be a part. Letters written, phone calls made, long distance calls back when there (laughs) was those (laughs) and trips to Raleigh. Today we take for granted how easy communication is. But back then there are no emails, no cell phones and long distance calls were cost money. (laughs) And to get the word out, we used phone chains. Wow. Much of the work was done late at night because long-distance calls were cheaper at night. Sheesh. So that's what Debbie did. Next week, we'll learn what specific steps homeschool families took to defeat these bills. I just love how she said the story was not over. Yeah, yeah, it's It's just kind of encouraging even in your own life. Whatever's going on, the story's not over. And sometimes you face a situation where you're like, well, it looks like we lost. Yeah. But you don't accept that. You say, well, we're going to fight. We're going to keep fighting. And that's hope. Yeah. Um, so today we'll hear a conversation that you had with Dr. Ryan, Dr. Brian Ray of the National Home Education Research Institute on a study about abuse. Yep, let's check it out. Okay, we're at the HSLDA Leaders Conference in 2022. I'm here with Dr. Brian Ray with the Home Education Research Institute. We have you on the show all the time. Well, I've been here, it's good. And uh, we, we're always following the research that comes out and we usually put it on our news and discuss it, but it'll be great to talk with you directly. 
Um, one of the most important things that came out recently was the one on abuse. Yes. And that yep. research. Yep. Tell, tell us about that and the significance mm -hmm. of it. So uh, I would say for at least 10 years, I've been thinking about this study because you know, a lot of people have seen over the years, unfortunately, sadly, every now and then there's a story in the news yeah. about a family that is either allegedly or actually is homeschooling their children and then parents do something evil. And so it gets into the news and all of a sudden it's associated with homeschooling. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a lot because homeschooling is a minority. Even though homeschooling has grown tremendously in America and all over the world, it's still the minority. When minority group does something, people pay attention. Yeah. So, so then the question arises, do homeschool families or, or parents, are the children experiencing any more or less abuse and neglect than those who are in public or private schools? Mm -hmm. So okay. we've been wanting to do this study for a long time. Right. Uh, there have been allegations by especially some academics and some other people who say they're interested in responsible home education, but right. they, they talk about if only we could control people more, if only we could control humans more, right? they would not do they evil, wouldn't do evil, evil things. They wouldn't do evil things, you know? Great and, premise. And that's a worldview, right? That's a yeah. worldview. Uh, so anyway, been wanting to collect data and finally got the funding. It takes right. money to right. do research. That's right. You got to have a researcher to do research. You have to have people who will participate in the research to do research. So all of this finally came together a while back, you know, over a year ago, and we were able to collect the data. So uh, I want to mention before I forget, how I got a research colleague, been wanting to have more researchers involved mm -hmm. with me on studies, and uh, Dr. Uh, Denise Shaquille, we call him Danny, Dr. Danny Shaquille Hill, okay. he's here, and he'll be presenting with me this week. Great. So that's really cool. So we got a sample, a representative sample nationwide of adults. 18 to 38 years old, and then we asked them retrospectively about their lives growing up. Mm -hmm. So this is the first study of its kind. It's very exciting. Uh, so we asked them the basic questions like demographics, you know, how was your family rich, poor, not growing up? Uh, what kind of experiences did you have growing up? Uh, where are you today? You know, what's your education level? All those kinds of things that researchers ask, right? Demographics, those are called right. the demographics. Like, what is this population like other than the main point of the study. Okay. So the main right. point of the study is gonna to get to what were your experiences, mm -hmm. good or bad, growing up. Uh, so we got our sample. We worked with uh, Barna to help us get this, this good sample, this representative sample. Okay. In research, you talk about representative samples, right? Mm -hmm. You wanna know that this is like the people you're going to generalize to. So we got all that. Now, we come to the question. Right. Was it any different for those who were home educated versus those who were, and we lumped conventional schooling. So in our study, we did not separate out public and private, okay. but we lumped them together. So All right, classroom education. Con conventional, we called it conventional, okay. yeah. So your institutional, right. institutional school compared to those who were home educated. And we got a whole history on them. How many years they were homeschooled? How many years they were in public school? Mm -hmm. How many years they were in private school? We got all those. It's a cool study for a researcher. You know? <laughs> so then we get to the end and we do the analysis. Well, what happened? So follow this carefully. If you only look at type of schooling, conventional compared to home, we saw 
some slight differences. And in research, you talk about statistically significant differences. Mm -hmm. And then there's another term that's not well-defined, practical differences. Okay. So we did see some statistical differences with some more of some poor experiences in homeschooling. Now, some people want to say, let's stop there, see, bad. But <laughs> here's what you have to do as a researcher and thinking logically. Say, yes, if you try to make these groups the same on their demographics, income level of family, education level of parents, race, ethnicity, how many years in foster care, all these things, now we can statistically control for all those backgrounds. The differences disappear, gone. Hmm. So you look at that and say, well, was the, see, this is not a cause and effect study. This is a correlational study. That's mm -hmm. important for everybody to remember. Right. So in this correlation, does that correlation exist anymore after you take into account all these things? No, it's gone. So the first answer is demographics matter. School sector does not matter when it comes to abuse and neglect. So now some people say, well, that's kind of dull. That's a that's a null finding. No difference. Yeah, yeah. it's a no difference. But it's but, important. And no differences are extremely important. Yeah, in very important. Life, in politics, in research. So that's yeah. called a null effect. So that's the first big finding. Then, by all these data we collected, we were able to ask, what was your what was the bad experience you had? The evil thing that was done. When did it happen? in your life, was it first grade, second grade, third grade, and who did it to you? So we got very specific. Mm. And when we narrowed that down, so we talked about perpetrator and place. Okay. And when it came to place, within those who were home educated, it was not statistically significant at home, and for the relatively ro low rate of abuse and neglect it was, it was happening outside of the home. Mm. So that's the second answer. It was not parents and family who were doing the bad things. It was more outside the home. Mm. Say for example, at, for example, maybe at a museum, maybe at sports event, mm -hmm. maybe at sports practice, maybe at a cooperative or something mm -hmm. like that. So those are the two big findings sector whether you were homeschooled or not compared to conventional school no significant difference within those who were home educated who experienced bad things it was not significant at home it was significant outside of home that's it so how at first there were it was more homeschool and then you said but when you took in the other things in consideration right how does that work? What were those things? Were those the demographics? Yes. Yeah, those are the demographics. So, and uh, by the way, this is the study is now published in a peer-reviewed journal. Very excited about yes. that. Yes. And so people can go online Congrats, yeah. and get the whole thirty-some okay. page report and get all the details. So you would go to you would go to to, to Neri, N H N H E R I dot org research, and then you'll find the study and you can get the whole thing, uh, linking you over to a journal. So to answer your question, yeah, I mean, if you do a very simple thing, you say, well, um, your homeschool kids have higher test scores than those in the public school. And yeah, yeah, yeah. They say, yeah, but what if, what if homeschool kids on average come from 
only rich families, yeah. only brilliant dads, only brilliant moms, and only people who emphasize academics yeah. a lot. Well, that's, that's not fair. That's not fair. That's not really homeschooling public school. That's way different kind of Dif family. Yeah. Okay. So now what we say is, is, let's take the demographics, the background of, you know, the, the parent education level, mom's education level, dad's education level, wealthy or not family. Comparing single, similar right, things. Similar okay. things. Single parent, Got not it. single parent. Yeah, you want to compare the old apples to apples. Apples to apples. So the Got statistics, it. we have the methods that can make it more like apples to apples. So this kind of research is important for the homeschool community, for example, because if there are people who are wanting responsible homeschooling or what that translates into is more regulation, mm -hmm. it's important to establish that this is not a reason. This is yeah. not yeah. a... A, a call, uh, an excuse, I guess. Mm -hmm. To, yeah. and so I think uh, what you're doing is important. And as you said, re, uh, research requires money. So you wouldn't mind if people wanted to contribute. Wouldn't mind to, at all to Nary. <laughs> wouldn't mind at all. Yeah. To help keep this right. going. Right. Yeah. It's it's true. I mean, Nary is a is a nonprofit, and and so we rely largely on donations. And uh, Nary has been in existence now 32 years. Congratulations. Dr. McGill, wow. 32 years. It is the leading research organization on home education in the world. It's been around the longest. Yeah. You do the searches, you're going to pop up. It's going to come up Nary yeah. and, and all the research. So we want to keep that going. That's we want, right. We want solid research, honest research. We want research that comes from a sound world of view. And people say research from a world view. Well, the fact is, Professors at University of North Carolina, yep. professors at Oregon State University, all have a worldview, right. and that influences the questions they ask and how they do the research. That's right. Yeah. Thanks for being with us. Thanks Welcome. for sharing in your work. Thank you. Thanks right. for having me. Okay, we're gonna walk right into the homeschool tip of the week, and the tip is pretty basic, and that is treat your kids with gentleness. Okay. It's kind of hard to do sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, last night, <clears throat> I was trying to play some music on the stereo in my living room. Okay. And it was broken. Mm. So I go over there and look at it, and like some kind of something had been jammed oh, into the no. <laughs> speaker outlet. And I was just, you know, my blood starts boiling. <laughs> and I'm just like, why can't stuff just not break all the time <laughs> at my house? I've had stories like that here before. <laughs> so that irritates me. <clears throat> And this is a, an opportunity to exercise gentleness, self-control. How am I going to respond? I'm not a gentle person naturally. I wouldn't know you that. Know. Well, any, any, any gentleness I have, the Lord has given to me. <laughs> I'm, I'm not joking at all. Um, he can change you. And so um, one of the reasons I came to this point of thinking about gentleness was starting from Ephesians 6, 4, okay. which says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. Yes but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. And as you know, we serve every kind of homeschool, every religion, every race, every background. Absolutely. But we especially love helping people um, help their children follow Christ. Yes. You know, and so we're, that's what this verse is about, bringing up your children in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. One of the parts, though, that caught my attention is provoking your children to anger. Uh, well, how do you do that? Yeah. So that's when I discovered Proverbs 15.1, which says, A gentle answer turns away wrath, yeah. but a harsh word stirs up anger. It's like, there it is. <laughs> how would I provoke my children to anger? 
harsh word. By speaking harshly to them. Yeah. And I'm going, okay. <laughs> you know, and so it's just a, such an encouragement to step back out of those situations and say, okay, you know what? That is irritating. That costs money. But my relationship with my child, yeah. my opportunity to love them, my opportunity to connect with them, uh, their value, treating them with respect the way that you would want to be treated. Yeah is so much more important. Yes, it is. You know, and so you process that, you think about that, and you can choose. Um, and God can change you. Yeah. You know, he <laughs> absolutely can, and he does. So if that's something that, I, mean, I think most parents struggle with anger, struggle with irritation, because mm-hmm. stuff gets messed up, stuff isn't quiet, you know, whatever mm-hmm. it is. Um, to keep your eye on raising them in the Lord, yeah. how are they gonna end up? How are we influencing them? How are we affecting them? And not on is as all my stuff where I want it. Yeah. <laughs> I can't find this. I can't find that. You know, this is broken. Yeah. Um, those things in the end, in the long run, just aren't that important. Well, I got to ask, how did the story end? You find your speaker broken. I did. So what did you do? So I went. <laughs> so I started um, interrogating everybody. Right. <laughs> Who did this? Who touched this? And everybody's like, I did not. Know. <laughs> so finally, I found out. That my my oldest teenager at home okay. was trying to play some music when his friends are over. Okay. So he's out of town now. When he comes oh, back yeah. home, You're gonna I'm not going to be gently. angry. <laughs> Very gently, I'm going to say, my speakers cost. <laughs> <laughs> and you can buy them for me. Gently, gently. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's a great tip, especially with me. I have a lot of little kids. And yeah. even today, um, they were playing with the window and... My son smashed Nova's finger, and he's such a sensitive boy. You know, the first thought is to be like, you shouldn't have done that, and then counsel the, comfort the little one. But I picked her up, and I saw the look in his eyes of just like, you know, and that was one of, the, one of those moments. I was just well, where I was able to just say, it's okay. And he yeah. calmed down, and she calmed down, and it was okay. And, it, yeah, it doesn't always go that way, but it That's is right. good when you can catch it with all these little people running around (laughs) all right let's check the homeschool helps with amanda hi there welcome to homeschool helps with amanda today we are going to talk about driver's ed something that if you have a teenager you definitely have it on your mind. How do we do driver's ed as homeschoolers? Well, it's pretty simple, but it can seem complicated and daunting if you've never done it before. So I'm gonna give you just simple, the step-by-step, what do you do to get your child driving in North Carolina as a homeschooler? So first off, they need to take driver's ed. They need to take a state certified driver's education course. Where do you find that course? One, your local public high school. You can contact them on their website or call them and ask. Find out when their class is being held and how do you sign up for it. Sometimes that can be a little competitive. They fill up pretty fast, so you wanna start researching that ahead of time. Next, Consider contacting a local private school 
Um, a lot of times the local private school is very welcoming to homeschoolers and is happy to have your student sit in on their driver's ed class and participate in that. So that's another option. Last but not least, you might consider um, hosting a homeschool specific driver's ed class. I know in my area, the North Carolina Driving School is the company that is contracted to provide that certified driver's education class in this area, which is the center of North Carolina. And I just contact them and they're able to provide the teacher and the materials. And I just came up with the location and the students and we had a homeschool specific driver's ed class. That was really nice. It was more flexible for my students and they were able to have class with their friends. It was a great option. So maybe consider that if you have a company like that in your area. So once they take driver's ed, they finish the class, they will get a driver's education completion certificate. So you need that. Then you will contact the North Carolina Department of Non-Public Education, or DNPE, and get their driver's eligibility certificate. This is important. They're two different things. So you get from DNPE, you get that driver's eligibility certificate, or DEC. You request it and they mail you a hard copy in the mail. Once you get that hard copy, you will take it, don't sign it, because it's only valid for 30 days once it's signed. So you've got your driver's education completion certificate, your driver's eligibility certificate, and you'll get that and whatever birth certificate or whatever other ID you need and go to your DMV and your student will take their test and get their permit. That's it. Not so hard. I really hope that helped you today. Thanks for joining us this week. We'd love to hear from you. So send your questions and feedback to the homeschool show at nche.com. And please help others find this um, show by subscribing, rating, and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts and on YouTube. And if you think this will be helpful to your family, your friends, please share it. Um, to find out how to subscribe to our show, you can go to nche.com slash the homeschool show. And until next time, keep homeschooling with confidence and joy.